0: morning church I am NOT nervous (laughs) (laughs) I am NOT nervous I want to thank God for this wonderful opportunity that he has given me to really just share a word with you and also the leadership for entrusting me with their pulpit it's quite dangerous but I thank God for that opportunity (laughs) right Um, Last week, uh, we started off with the theme, the little foxes, and um, Elder Richard preached on comparison and competition. Yeah, how it can really spoil the vineyard. You know, we know how we need to always uh, take care of this. So my topic of today is based on jealousy and envy. That is what I'm going to talk about. As we know, um, this is really one of those things or emotions or feelings that you don't see. When you look at somebody who's jealous or envious, you would not see really how they look like because it is inner healing, it, it is an inner emotion. It's something that is inside of our hearts. So it is not always easy to identify. What we know is that um, jealousy and envious is quite a powerful force. It is very disturbing and it is also destructive. Yeah? And it is something that we all experience. I will tell you whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian. One or the other time, you might have experienced that I have in my life. <laughs> it has no boundaries. Yeah, you can be small, you can be young, as young as this little girl here. They do get envious. They do no, envious, they get, they do get jealousy, jealous. Also over things. You can be an adult. You can be a student, you can be a grandparent. Whoever you are, it has no boundaries. Once you allow it to come in, it will come. And that is why we need the Lord Jesus Christ to overcome this. We can't do it by ourselves. So when we look at the definition of jealousy and envy, these are terms that are used interchangeably. They are used interchangeably. Um, sometimes um, you would, It's also sometimes difficult to know what you are referring to we, we, we speak over the terms as we see fits the, 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 the situation. That is how it is. But when we look at jealousy itself, it is just emotions really, and sometimes it is typically referred to as negative thoughts that come as a result of something, and or you know anxiety that you also f- feel now and then. You sometimes also have fear over losing something that you think it, you want or it is yours or you think you are entitled to, while envy on the other side is really just to want, to desire, you know, these excessive desires that we have, because this you think also, no, but you want that thing that belongs to the other person, while it is actually not yours. And jealousy is a three-way situation. It is always the one person receiving either affection or favor, and the other one giving, the one receiving, and the other one watching and hoping, but why not me? While envy is just a two-way situation, it's between the two of us. It's either, you know, I want what you have, and if I can't get it, I'll make a plan to get it. That is how it goes. (laughs) So it's not something we like to admit, but we do experience that, all right? And as much as we genuinely are happy about people having things, now and then we really do go to an extent of wanting those things they have. It could be a promotion that you are not getting at your work where you also feel that you are entitled to because you have the qualifications. Sometimes we feel like that. Yeah, this person just came in here, but you don't know the favor that this person have on their lives. You just feel that you are entitled. Why not me? I've been here. I have the qualifications. Or you go for a tender, and other people get the jobs or the deals, and you still feel, why not me? I was supposed to go. And, and, and receive that. Or your sibling is smarter than you and they are doing good in school. <laughs> they are doing better in school and here you are feeling that, no, but why is it that it's only him that gets all the good marks and I don't? Or wanting to now also have another person's wife or a husband because yours you are not happy with. And or also sometimes you feel that I've been married for so long Lord I don't have a baby and I want a baby so much and you do not enjoy others around you that are having babies so you start harboring all these feelings so those are the things that we do experience now and then when we are jealous or envious but also when we remember God himself is a jealous God but God's jealousy is a beautiful one. Because when we belong to God, when the day you said, God, here I am, I am yours. In fact, all the people of God are supposed to worship God, but that doesn't happen. So God says that in his word, in Exodus 34, 13, for thou shalt not worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. That is a positive jealous because he wants you to worship him. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to lay down your life for him. He is not a God that is destructive, that will come when we don't worship him. He will now come and strike us. He is not that type of God. He is just a God that is overprotective over that which belongs to him. And he just wants to shower us with his love. So, But selfish jealousy is destructive, that we, we, we have looked at. So where, where does jealousy really come from? Uh, let's look what James chapter 4, verse 1 to 3 says. There is a question posed to us there. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask God, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. And when we go further in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we are again reminded and also asked a question. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarrel among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? And this is where it really comes. You know, these desires that we have passions that we have battling within us, you know, fighting constantly about things that we don't have, things that we think we are entitled to, things that we think that, in fact, this is, I'm supposed to have this. These are the desires, these battles that we have in us, yeah? So the reason why we don't have everything, look, everything is good, but not all is beneficial. Yeah, so sometimes you 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 want something that belongs to somebody else, but you don't even know how they got what they have They might have gone through a lot of scrupulous ways to get what they have And is that really what you want to go through scrupulous ways to get what this person is having? You do not know what why they have what they have so it comes really from a place where we are so Discontent with God what he has given to us and what we have and what we are in him So we become so unhappy we are so dissatisfied with our own lives, you know, and what you, what you have and, and who you are, you know, identity, you, it's lost. Even when God is showering you with beautiful things, opportunities, seasons that you can exploit on, you don't see them because you are so consumed by these desires of wanting what others have that you can't have, yeah. So in our inner person, we, are, we then get so disappointed and we go through a lot of pain and struggles, yeah, because... We don't have what we want and so we also even pick fights even in the house of the Lord we do jealous and we do envy each other ministry wise you know we, these things do happen when others are manifesting their gifts that God has bestowed upon them and you are not and not that you you cannot it's just that you are in a place where you just are not satisfied with what you have and you see more what others are doing when they are now really exercising these gifts that God has given unto them, you just feel that now, why can I not? Why is it only them that are always in the front prophesying? Why is it only them that are laying hands? (laughs) (laughs) Why is it only them (laughs) that are in the front laying hands on the sick or whatever, you know? But when when the call comes, step out, we are all just sitting and we just say, oh God, I can't even go do that. And God is saying, come. The opportunity is there, but you don't see because you are consumed by your own desires. And what does it really do to us? Um, What jealousy does to us is this picture that you see, that there is a lot of confusion going around in that person's life. There, So jealousy is really destructive, yeah? When we are jealous and envious about others, what it does to us is that we start nurturing and harboring negative thoughts, you know, about others. You would want to think now as a Christian, how do I really harbor and how do I have negative thoughts about others? You can project, you know, negative thoughts. Yeah? You can easily look at somebody and just say, you know what, you think you're going to go ahead, you'll go nowhere. You're just going to remain here. It happens, yeah. Especially if this specific emotion is in excess in your life, yeah, it's operating in excess. So um, you go as far as also being um, unhappy about the person, Rita, me, and I just want to be Anita. I don't want to be Rita, and unfortunately, you are Rita. You cannot change from being Rita. <laughs> You are Rita, you cannot change from from being Rita. So it also creates a lot of anxiety, you know, stress, sleepless nights, depression, low self-esteem. And it really also breaks down relationships, you know. It brings about unhealthy relationships. This is when we totally start, either we do not talk to this person anymore or we just mistreat them or we say displeasing things about them. That is how far we can go with with jealousy also and envy. It creates insecurity. It brings about lack of confidence. Everything you do, even in your workplace, the fact that you are so consumed by this envy and jealousy, your inability to perform is always evident. Because you are so concentrating on other things, instead of concentrating on yourself, asking God, but God, what is it really that you want me to do? Why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? Instead, you become so insecure. It creates a lot of fear. You know, you don't think properly anymore. You have no sound mind anymore. When fear sets in, it cripples you. Yeah? Even if an opportunity comes because of the fear that you have, you are so timid, You don't even want to take on a risk to just venture into this specific issue. So as a result, then you you just, you know, you are consumed and you are controlled by your own desires. Is it then so that we are really acting like mere humans? What is it that is guiding us? What is it that is really controlling us? The flesh, you know, the mere humans are people who really are not led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And if they have the Holy Spirit, because of their condition of their heart, they have shut down the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is there, but obviously they are not even hearing, they are not even listening, they are not even seeing any of that because of the consumption or the, 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 the desires that, that are consuming them. So is it not then that God will have, is it not then that we have a problem with, with, with people and not with God? Yeah, the whole thing comes down to God. It is God that we have a problem with. It is not Annette. It is not Kiba. It is not whoever. It is God. Why is that? That is because we do not want to trust God enough with our needs. We don't want to come to a place where we can say, God, take care of my pain. Take care of my disappointment. Take care of my struggles. We don't want to do that. And so we want to take matters into our own hands. And when we take matters into our own hands, people, that's why it is so easy when these passions are there. It is easy to go and do something irresponsible yeah. when you are overwhelmed by these uh, passions. So we do not understand God's heart even that he can take care of our pain that we are experiencing. Nor do we know how to deal with this pain and disappointments that, you, that we are enduring. God is the, good giver, is, a, is the giver of all good things, Yeah. yeah? Everything that we want that we need is in him. It is for us to come and ask. We don't ask. You know, and I remember when I I was also in the same place where I was going through a lot of this discontentment with God. I actually never thought I had a problem with God. I thought it was just, you know, my my thing. I'm entitled to so many things. So in my workplace, um, the job that I, I do, then I used to do when I was employed, um, our, my job is sort of, you know, really white dominated. And um, I did not have the qualifications to do the job, although I got in via experience, you know, because of the experience that I had. And so after three, four years, I really started feeling that, no man, I'm not performing very well, I'm not doing very well. So I needed A qualification I thought that was the thing you know and I said to my boss I need a qualification I know I can do better but I need a qualification and then he said no 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 you don't need it you are just fine I mean I know myself obviously I'm consumed by myself I'm consumed by my own desires and all these things that I'm going through the patience of wanting to perform better when I look at others performing and they're doing the work and I'm like I also want to be like them I don't know I can't really recall whether it was a bad jealousy and or whether it was a good jealousy you know but I was experiencing discontentment with God but I did not know at the time and so I went and I enrolled and I studied and I came back and I was still employed and the feeling did not go away it was still there and I tell you I would do work and I still did not see how I was performing excellently I did not see any improvement in my work but I went for the qualification and later on I, I remember my husband who always tell me but you are so hard on yourself you are okay why are you so hard and this and that and when I actually realized that I was so discontent with what I was even having the doors that God has opened I did, I don't see them as doors open I'm still just caught up in this desire of wanting to do better, even though you got the qualification, you still want to go over the qualification. (laughs) So it was quite very difficult for me, and I was having these struggles. I was disappointed. I had so much pain. You know, I could not sleep some of the nights. I would toil, toil, and I would go an extra mile in my work just to perform better, you know? I would sit nights, and my hair started falling out later. I started getting rush all over my body because I was, you know, toiling and I was in excess of this contentment that I had in my life. And all that God was saying is that, look, I want you to enjoy life and enjoy it in abundance. That's all God wanted me to do. But then I needed to go back to the word of God and say, but God, what, what must I do? What can I do? And obviously, When God says that he wants us to live lives in abundance, it is what Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23 is saying for us that, but when we allow the Holy Spirit to control us, he will produce in us the fruit of our salvation, which is love, which is joy, which is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I just want to dwell on two or three of them, you know? When, 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 when the Holy Spirit produces love in us, it is not possible to covet, or to want things that, are, that belongs to others. It is not possible because you are full of the presence of God in your life, and you celebrate what others are achieving. Everybody around you who's achieving, who's going up the ladder, who's doing good in business, whose child is smarter than yours, or whose sibling is smarter than the other, everybody, you start celebrating these people in your life because you see the goodness of the Lord because that's how God operates from a place of love. And that is what we need to also operate from. You know, he gives us so much joy that is so unspeakable. In the midst of our pain and struggles and disappointments, he is there to give us the joy. It is for us to reach out to him, to draw near to him. And don't even talk about peace. You know, when the heart is full of peace, it gives life to the body, yeah. But when there is envy, then obviously the bones rot. You can just imagine when you start going into a place of envy and jealous, how the worms will start coming, eating you, you know, eating up on you. Yeah, no, we're laughing now, but that is really it. Now, in a spiritual, if you look at it from a spiritual context, that is what it does. The enemy comes and eats up everything that you have. While God is saying, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. But he comes to steal, to destroy. And I mean somebody who comes to steal and destroy have got no interest to spare you. He brings everything that is bad into your life. And so it goes on. And so the best thing for us to do really is to learn to deal with envy and jealousy. We need to, deal, we need to learn how to deal with that. And um, Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6, is saying to us, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we say with confidence, we, we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Yeah. Nobody can do anything to you. Not even your own emotions if you allow God to deal with your emotions. Not even your own pain, your disappointments, if you allow God. Because he said he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is there for you. It is just for us to come and ask. And when we ask that we check our hearts concerning that which we are asking, that it is within his will, it is within his purpose on our way to our destiny. It is important for us to ask from God and not really be discontent with what we are. So when we are content with these things that we have, it is easier than to live a life full of abundance. It is easier to enjoy the peace. You are more peaceful than anything. You are more happy. You, are, you have joy. You, know, you, you, are, you, are, you have self-control. You have all these wonderful things when you are Obviously, um, having so much contentment with with God and with yourself. And Luke 12, verse um, 14 says, Take care then and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. That is quite very clear. Mm -hmm. All these things we have, people, we are going to leave them behind one day. We're not going to take anything with us. And if we think that these things are defining us, that we have or we want or we are entitled to, we are reminded to take care, to take care and be on our guard so that all these things that we have, they, they, they remind us that God is the only one who actually is the one in whom we, we need to have abundance, not in possessions. Eh? And First Timothy uh, 6, uh, um, verse 6 is saying, Contentment freed us from greed, which will consume us and, and, and anxiety will torment us. Obviously, that's also very quite straightforward. If you are not content and you are full of greed, you will experience so much anxiety. It will consume you. up. just imagine every night you can't sleep. You are just planning how you have to get this thing that you want. You are just planning how tomorrow morning you go to your boss and you are going to talk something displeasing about the other person who is part of or who's going to, to get the job or whatever it is. Just imagine how badly you can you know, you can plan and really kill somebody or remove their jobs because of the way how you talk. You don't even care whether this person has got a family that they take care of. You want that thing. And you will make sure to get it by all means. You will, you will forcefully go for it. Yeah? So when we are content, we are freed from greed. Yeah? And we will not experience any anxiety. Yeah? It will not torment us. We will experience the joy of the Lord, the love, and, and so many other things that is good for us. So in James chapter 3, verse 16, tells us that for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and um, every evil work now it is so that we do experience all these things the desires that are battling within us it is so that um, we are disappointed by what we don't have what we think we may have or we can have or we should have or we are entitled to it is so that we are we, we having these struggles and we have so much pain in us that we have come to a place where we don't really trust God. We don't really ask even, you know. We forgot even how to ask. It's not part of your life anymore. You are just planning how to get, taking matters into your own hands. And as a result, there's a lot of confusion going around in your life uh, based on this issue. And all that God is saying is that, ask me. Come closer. Come near to me ask me and I will give you the desires of your heart. And yes, when I don't give you the desires of your heart also, it is not that I will not do it. It is just because of the timing. It might not be the proper time now. This specific thing might have a big distraction over you. I'm just, you know, taking time a bit. There, must, there might be a lot of things that God wants to deal with you before he gets to that place where now he can give you what you need. There might be that there are just things that you need to overcome first before you get to that place. You know, we always say um, that when you um, give a child, say you, you buy a child a car who doesn't have a license, or they can drive but they don't have a license, or their age is so, they, they are too young to actually drive a car and you buy them a car. The value of that specific gift that you have given him, to him, it doesn't really make sense. He has got no value to attach to it. He doesn't understand even how to take care of that specific thing. And sometimes that is how God also looks at us, you know. When we come to a place where he really wants to bless us, but then we need to surrender to him. We need to come to that place where we say, God, just give me. And yes, I will accept it also, if it is not yet time for me to receive from you. I will wait patiently. And that is what God is... Is gonna give you because you are led by the Holy Spirit, because remember when we belong to Christ, we have put all the, all the uh, human nature. It's all, it's all dead, yeah. It's all dead. The human nature is dead. The passions and the desires supposed to be dying. Besides, if you feel that now you want to go and resurrect all of this, yeah. If you want to resurrect it, it's a total different story altogether. But this is the place where we are actually saying to God, God. Thank you so much for just dealing with my discontentment. Help me to trust you more. Help me to give what I'm experiencing to you. Help me to just, you know, understand your heart concerning these issues that I'm going through. Help me, Lord, just to come to a place where I gratefully just accept who I am and what I have without really wanting to have what others have. Amen. Okay. Can we just stand up? (laughs) Yes, we are in the midst of a lot of mess in our lives. There's a lot of chaos in our lives. There's a lot of confusion in our lives. But in the midst of all of this, God is right at the center of it. God is right at the center of your confusion. God is right at the center of your mess. God is right at the center of your disappointments, your struggles. He knows them all. You are not alone. He said he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will be with you. So the only thing that we need to have is to have confidence to come into the presence of God and cry out to God to help us in our discontentments if that is what we're struggling with, envy if that is what we're struggling with. Each and every one of us needs to examine their hearts to see exactly what it is that we are struggling with. Yes, you will sit here and say, I'm a child of God. And even though you are a child of God, you might have experienced this. I don't know whether it was recent, whether it was some years back, but it is your responsibility to then examine your heart. You might sit here and you are not a child of God and you think, well, I am lucky. I am lucky to have whatever it is that I need to have and want to have and I will get it. But God is saying, come, come to him. Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity, Lord. We thank you that we can come to you, Father, as your people. Remember us today, Father, as your people. Remember us today, Father, as your children. And remember your promises, O God, unto us. This morning, Father, we reach out to you because we know, Lord, our help is in you. Our help is coming from you, O oh God. You are the giver of good gifts, Father. And we want to appreciate what we have today, Father, in our lives. We want to celebrate what others have today, Father, in their lives. And we want to thank you because your Holy Spirit is producing in us love to protect others, also, Father God. It's producing in us the joy which is our strength, O Lord, O my God. It is producing in us the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness that in the midst of all we can extend kindness and goodness to others, O God. While we are waiting patiently, Father, to receive from you, examine our hearts, O God. Examine our hearts, Father, and see whether there is nothing, Father God, in us that displeases you concerning our needs and our desires, O God, and our ones, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God that gives generously. You don't even judge us, Father. You give generously. And we pray, therefore, Father, that your presence will lead us, will take care of us, will even minister to us after the service, O God, on these issues that we are having, if there is any of that. And um, if there are people here that would also like to give their lives to the Lord, um, you are welcome to just come to the front. Um, Giving your life to the Lord is not a feeling, it is a reality, it is a reality that comes that you need to understand that you are a sinner, you need God in your life, you can't do it by yourself. Yes. We need God to just come and change us. So if there is anybody in the congregation who would like us to pray for you concerning that matter, you are welcome. But other than that, you are released. And if there are people that would like to be ministered to concerning the issues that we have talked about, you are also welcome to stay behind. There will be elders here that will be praying for you. Amen.